All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by Pacific Toyota Dealers. My name is Dave Quadrelli. That is Harmon Dial. We're doing our show remotely today. And folks, people have been asking, when you do these remote show, guys, I don't like your backgrounds. It's being addressed. We've been in contact uh, with our, our lovely Madison Rayburn of Nation Network, who is in the marketing department at Nation Network. And she's going to redesign our home offices, which is so nice. And I've started to see her plans that she's got for us. And Harm, it's going to look uh, it's going to look nice. I think we're going to get rid of the lamp that's behind you. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have a great little setup here uh, for our shows from here on out. But Harm, how are you doing today? I'm jacked up to see the Canucks play Elias Lindholm's first game. So many exciting storylines. I mean, usually this point in the season would be the part where everybody's just focused on the trade deadline and, Oh, what could we get for Tyler Mott or, or Luke Shen? That's the only interesting thing to watch down the stretch. Whereas now there are actual stakes. And I was having this conversation with um, one of my friends who uh, is a Canucks fan. Now the thing with adding Lindholm now is that there's actual expectations now to live up to a pretty high bar for what we're expecting from this team. So even the experience of watching this team, covering this team, following this team is going to be different. Like we're going to be scrutinizing things that we normally wouldn't scrutinize just because the bar is a lot higher now for what we're expecting the Canucks to do. Because let's be honest right now, if the, if the Canucks finish this season, 
and got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs, that would be that would be disappointing. Whereas at the start of the season, if you told somebody, okay, Canucks are going to make the playoffs, they're going to get knocked out in round one, everybody would have taken that. Well, you'd be thinking, oh, well, that makes sense because they're going to face whoever wins the Pacific Division because if they make the playoffs, they're just squeaking in. So, yeah. of course, they're out in the first round. But no, they are going to be, uh, knock on wood, they're going to be a top three team in the Pacific. It sure looks that way, if not the top team in the Pacific. We have to tell you that today's episode of Canucks Conversation, as always now, is brought to you by the 2023 Toyota BZ4X. The BZ4X is Toyota's brand new all-electric SUV that is designed to go the distance for you and your family. The BZ4X is packed with Toyota's coolest tech, but it still has that trusty SUV feel you know and love. And even though it's electric, it's capable of effortlessly conquering any terrain. Whether it's rain, snow, mud, or your friend's questionable post-game recaps, the BZ4X will get you through it all. We're... Yeah, that's it. Sorry, I have so many new scripts. We have a new sponsor today too, and it's a new segment. I teased it in the intro um, or in the show description. The tune-up is going to be later on in the show. And Harm, you've got something prepped for that, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this segment uh, comes to fruition. But before that, we got to talk about tonight's game. The Vancouver Canucks are taking on the Carolina Hurricanes. And Harm, Logan Van Dyke in the YouTube live chat immediately said, Nine days has felt like 14 days. It has felt like a long, long time since we've seen actual Canucks hockey. And honestly, like I was going back to try to remember what we saw in the last games that we, you know, that we witnessed the Canucks actually play. It was hard to remember. Like it, it was hard to remember what we last saw from this team. Obviously, expectations are high in the second half here uh, coming out of the All-Star break. And it's going to be uh, a lot of fun to see them back in action tonight. Thatcher Demko gets the start. That's per her Kate Pedersen, uh, who talked about it in her video that was posted on the Canucks social channels. Um, and of course, the big news, Elias Lindholm makes his Canucks debut tonight. Okay, aside from Lindholm, Harmon, what are you looking for in tonight's game from the Vancouver Canucks? I think overall, now that you've got a stretch here where you're going to start playing tougher opponents, of course, Carolina tonight, and, and they're they've started to get back on track. They've won some seven of their last 10 games. They entered the all-star break on, um, on a three game winning streak. So this is a different team than when the Canucks first faced them. And it felt like they were in all sorts of trouble, at least in terms of goal prevention. So this is going to be a tough test. And then with Boston as well on Thursday, I'm, I'm looking to see if the Canucks can string together more consistent hockey. I think in January, yes, they played a lot, but I think after they got back from that New York road trip, even though they were winning games, it didn't feel convincing um, each and every time. Now, part of that was of course the lower quality of competition. And and we were sure to, to bring that up as caveats and, and we didn't really criticize or, or dive too deeply into that, but um, Columbus game is a perfect example. It's great to have that comeback, but that second period, um, you just can't afford to have periods like that against tougher teams like a Carolina or a Boston, um, even wins like the Toronto one where they go up early and then they again sort of have a second period, let the Leafs back into the game. You don't want that happening against tougher opponents, uh, even games like the Chicago one. Again, I thought it was businesslike the fact that they went up and sort of kicked their feet up but they're not going to be able to kick their feet up once they get a lead anymore against some of these teams. So I'm just 
hoping now that as the stakes sort of rise, as, as they play tougher teams, that they can sharpen up some of their details and just play a more consistent game where, where they don't have as many um, 10 to 15 minute stretches where they have lapses. They won't be able to kick their feet up until they play the Blackhawks again on the 13th of February. That's uh, coming shortly. But look, you're right, Harm. When we were talking to Rick Tockett heading into the break, it was that this team needed a break. And I think that was really evident in the way they were playing. And look, the the, the theme that we've heard from Tockett in the first two, ba- two days back in Raleigh there have been, don't get too high on yourself. Don't start reading the headlines. You're getting a lot of great press right now, but you haven't done anything yet. And I like that that seems to be the messaging from up top is that you haven't done anything yet. And that seems to be the message like we've talked about organizational alignment all throughout the organization, right down to the players and, of course, the coaching staff as well, that they have not done anything yet. And the games that matter are still a couple months away, but you got to finish strong here. And you've got to be doing all your fine-tuning to prepare for the playoffs uh let's bring him in a little early because he's here early look at that go-getter i like i like that about jeff jeff patterson gets here he gets here early he sits in the back he listens and he's ready to go whenever we call on him and that's going to be right now jeff patterson's hit today is brought to you by greta and folks you probably saw it on our social channels already the watch party date has officially been set for february 22nd when vancouver takes on seattle jeff's going to be in seattle for that game so unfortunately no rink wide from greta but tickets are on sale now for just 10 bucks with proceeds going to support canuck place children's hospice your ticket gets you access to the best watch party in the city greta's game day food and drink specials an exclusive swag bag and a chance to win some sweet prizes with the canuck place children's hospice raffle get your tickets at nationgear.ca before they sell out we're all going to be there harm and i are going to be there grady will be there it's going to be a good good time uh we'll be hosting it and hey i've i've thrown out the invite i know people are asking i've thrown out the invite to mr chris faber i know people are wondering i've thrown out the invite he knows he's welcome he's got to buy a ticket though no free uh no free entry for him um oh yeah, stop come, it are you serious oh yeah dude 100 i'm making him pay for a ticket are you kidding me <laughs> No, I don't know. Well, probably not. Um, but yeah, check us out. Uh, check us out at Greta on February 22nd. Come watch a game with us, folks. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, let's get to uh, Jeff Patterson here. Jeff, we made you wait. Are you sad that you can't come to the watch party? Yeah, well, <clears throat> two weeks ago, you were like, hey, we're going to have a watch party. And we want you there. And then you're like, now we need you out of the country and like <laughs> not even in the neighborhood. So uh, I haven't had a chance to get down to Climate Pledge. Uh, you know, when I traveled, I saw most of the buildings. There's a couple of new ones, Mullet and uh, the Islanders' new building, Seattle, have not been down there yet. And so uh, looking forward to seeing the game there. And, uh, look, I'm excited. I heard harm off the top, and quads, I'm sure you feel the same way. Like, this is go time. Like, this is 33 games. There are going to be so many good matchups, big games, big tests for the Vancouver Canucks, starting right out of the gate against the Carolina team that is actually better than the Canucks since Christmas. And look at the Canucks. Like, they never lose. And Carolina actually has more points since Christmas than the Vancouver Canucks. And they've got top five special teams. So as much as the Canucks power play looked great heading into the break, you know, can it pick up with the Lewis Lindholm? Uh, What's that going to look like? The integration there and the penalty kill for the Carolina Hurricanes is one of the best in the National Hockey League. So, uh, look, Carolina's a four-line team. They play hard and structured under Rod Brindamore. This will be a great test for Carolina, but it'll be a great test for the Vancouver Canucks. So it's not the featured matchup on the scoreboard tonight because Vegas and Edmonton are doing their thing, but this is a pretty good one. And uh, what a way to come out of the gate here. Eight of 10 on the road for the Vancouver Canucks. And so really curious to see where they are at the end of this 10-game stretch and can they continue to roll the way they have through most of the season. 
Jeff, they were Carolina, that is, are on a three-game win streak. But is this, can you say they're still a red hot team? They're seven two and one in their last ten. Can you still say they're red hot if they've been off for two weeks? Or, you know, January twenty <laughs> seventh well, was the last. We'll find out. Right? I mean, they don't have Sveshnikov in their lineup, and the Canucks are getting Peter Ketch- Kachikov uh, in goal, who <laughs> has been out since January eleventh, hasn't faced NHL shooters. So I'd like to see the Canucks try to pepper him early and test him and see where his game is. Um, they saw Antti Ranta here in Vancouver in that game back uh, in early December, and that was sort of the kind of game i think that we expected it was you had to be patient on both sides uh, ultimately it was a 4-3 hockey game but it kind of started out a little bit uh, sleepy uh and the canucks got scoring from guys like sam lafferty and Ilya mikhaev and what would they do to take a goal from mikhaev right about now so uh, a lot of focus on that line obviously uh, what does the trade do for elias Pettersson? how does elias lindholm look in his debut and well, what impact does the trade have on Ilya mikhaev i mean his buddy is no longer with the vancouver canucks he was the piece that was sent out and you know, it wasn't working with the two of them together. So, you know, could there be an upside here? They just need more from him. And he doesn't have to be the high scorer on that line. But he's got, I mean, Rick Tockett said before the break, they need him to play more like Hoaglander. Like, be aggressive, get in, bump guys, take them off the puck, force some turnovers, get the puck to the two Eliases, and let them do some things. And then, you know, Mikheyev hopefully is around the net to try to finish. Again, he, they, they score enough goals. So I'm not saying that Mikheyev needs to be, you know, a 30-goal scorer but he's just been so quiet and so ineffective, essentially uh, not hurting them defensively. But if you're playing in the top six on a contending team, uh, I do think there are some expectations that you got to hold up your end of the bargain. There are so many ways in which Elias Lindholm is going to be able to help this team. What are you most excited to see in terms of his potential fit? Because there's the power play, there's a PK, there's a two element, there's the potential scoring with Pedersen. Is there one area in particular that you're most excited to watch? Yeah, I mean, I, I, the guy's a face-off ace and is having a great season. He's above his career high. He's at 55% this year, and so it gives them a right-shot element. And I wonder how much of a hybrid we're going to see between Pedersen and Lindholm in terms of where the face-offs are. And, you know, I love that versatility about him. You know, he's just a consummate pro. And the fact that he's been traded before, uh, it just so happens he's going back to the place that he broke into the National Hockey League. But, you know, I think that'll ease his transition coming to a, a good hockey club. So I'm curious. We've seen... Like when McKay got back in the lineup, they were slow to roll him on the penalty kill. I wonder because they've had guys that have sort of found their form and found their role. But Lindholm was second behind Chris Tanev in Calgary in shorthanded ice time this season. So I think he probably wants to be a penalty killer. I think that's an area that he can help the Vancouver Canucks. And you can never be too good in that area, even if you're making strides like the Canucks have. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, they've had a couple of practices. Uh, Rick Tockett said that he liked how you know, agreeable, essentially, that Lindholm was that, you know, when they asked him about systems and differences between Calgary and the things that he was seeing here, said, oh, no problem, I can pick that up. And I just think he's a smart hockey player. He's had a bit of a down season in terms of his, you know, production numbers, but he's coming to a team that scores in bunches. And so uh, I think it should be pretty seamless, but like, I'm not going to put a ton of pressure on him to go out and win this game single-handedly tonight. So yeah, I mean, anytime you pay a price to get a player like that, uh, it comes with some pressure, and I think uh, all eyes are going to be on the new number 23 in the Vancouver Canucks lineup, but uh, excited to see what his addition means to this hockey club that you know is already uh, playing terrific hockey. And as you guys touched on, what does the break do for both of these teams? Like I know Rick Tockett talked a little bit about it kind of feeling like opening night. If you remember, the Canucks didn't have a great preseason, but they were ready on opening night when the Oilers came to town. And so I don't know if they can draw on that, but uh, you know, a little rust on both sides here. Uh, maybe more for Carolina because Canucks had so many guys that actually played over the weekend in in Toronto. But uh, I'll be curious to see what the start of this game looks like 
um, just because of the layoff here. To key in a little bit more on Lindholm's potential special teams impact, what do you think he can do for the first power play unit? unit? And, and do you think that given the Canucks have this kind of unique movement-based um, style that they try and attack with that may require sort of time in terms of understanding how to read off guys and not having played with um, these players before that it may take time for that fit to really materialize on uh, the first unit for Lindholm? Yeah, probably a little bit. And you've got four guys that, uh, again, we're feeling it on the homestand. The power play went seven for 18. I think that's close to 40%. Obviously, they leaned into it heavily against Columbus in that final game. So, you know, I think for him, it's just kind of stay out of the way a little bit. Like, get to the areas you're supposed to go. Obviously, Kuzmenko, when he played, was a right shot guy that, you know, was sort of the down low guy this year. Wasn't doing as much net front and uh, wasn't as much production for him. So, uh, again, I, I think this is where Lindholm just kind of leans into his experience, the veteran savvy that uh, he brings with him. And he'll be a quick learner and quick study, I think, for the Canucks power play. So, you know, again, it doesn't have to run through him. I just think you want to see him retrieve some pucks, keep plays alive. Uh, you know, Taki pointed to that and said that that was an area that, you know, maybe he didn't even know uh, Lindholm excelled as much as uh, they'd watched some video and, and he thought that was something that jumped out at him. So, you know, that's something I'm going to be watching here because it's an underrated part of the power play, but you know, if puck gets to the corner, uh, who wins those 50, 50 battles, if it gets cleared, there goes 25 seconds. If you can come up with it and keep the play alive, uh, regroup and, and, and keep the, the hammer down. So uh, again, he's joining a terrific situation. I hope he's excited about it. Uh, it's a great opportunity for him. And uh, I would expect it'll be relatively seamless, but uh, there might be the odd speed bump uh, in game number one. Jeff, I was going to ask you, who's the Canuck that needs to step up down the stretch from here? It's Ilya Mikheyev, I think. And I I don't think there's many other answers. So I'm going to change my question up a little bit. How long does Ilya Mikheyev have to step up? Because obviously we saw the, you know, we saw the time run out on Andre Kuzmenko. How long does Ilya Mikheyev have to kind of step up here? Yeah, I think it's uh, absolutely worth monitoring. And I know that uh, Ritaka was asked about it a little bit and said they flat out they need more. Uh, You know, they're using Pia Suter on that line with Miller and Besser. So, uh, you know, could they switch it and put McKay? Early in the season, I thought that's where McKay was going to go and was going to be the defensive conscience for Miller and Besser. Now, Miller's held up his end of the bargain. Uh, Obviously, Pia Suter has been so seamless wherever he has played. Um, But, you know, the, the greatest tell about a coach and what he thinks of a player is his usage. And so people can scream from the top of mountains about Nils Hoaglander getting top six opportunities. If Rick Tockett thought that was a good idea right now, Hoaglander would be back there. He was there earlier in the season and Tockett said he thought that Hoaglander got away from, you know, the things that have made him successful to this point lower in the lineup. And so he seems reluctant. Uh, you know, that to me feels like he'd be the next guy. I don't want to live in a world. This team has come too far this year. They've made this trade. Phil DiGiuseppe can't find his way back into the top six. And I say that with all due respect to Phil, who's been out of the lineup for a while now. Uh, there's probably a role for him, fourth line, some penalty kill duty. Uh, you can never have enough depth, but I don't want to go back to that point in time where Phil DiGiuseppe, because, uh, I mean, his offense was colder than Ilya Mikheyev's right now. So that's why there's still talk about, you know, the need for one more piece, perhaps, and can they make that happen? And, you know, are they all in? I can't imagine that they're done at this stage with a month to go before the trade deadline. But uh, yeah, I, I am going to be watching that closely, Dave, on this road trip. I think uh, McKay is going to get the opportunity tonight. Uh, you got Boston, obviously, one of the best challenges uh, in the NHL on Thursday. 
you know, if there's not any sort of spark from Ilya Mikheyev, I wonder by the weekend if we see some sort of different formulations for the Vancouver Canucks. It's funny that we're talking about even after this Lindholm acquisitions, there still being a couple, or I mean, one question mark in, in Ilya Mikheyev in the top six. It's funny because even the Miller line has Pia Suter, who I don't think many people imagined him being in the top six at this point in the season, yet he's picked up four goals and six points in his last three games, has been on fire. Why do you think he's had so much success in a top six role lately? He just looks like a really smart hockey player. And I'll admit that, you know, I knew of the player, but I didn't know all of his tendencies playing in Chicago and Detroit. So, uh, you know, the fact that he had been consistent as an offensive producer to a degree, like a 14 and a 15 goal score, double digits in all three of his years in the National Hockey League. You know, that tells you that he's got enough offensive flair on the tops to play higher in the lineup. But you're right, when he was signed, like, you know, Bluger was signed on July 1st, and we thought, no, nah, Teddy Bluger is not the answer for a third line center. And then they waited out Pia Suter and got him for two years. And I thought, okay, like, that's great. That's that's more what you're looking at. But he just brings versatility, flexibility. Uh, you know, he seems like uh, so low maintenance. And I think coaches really just appreciate that. And again, uh, he does a nice job of reading off his line mates, whoever he played with Patterson earlier uh, in the season. And now he's kind of found a home. Uh, you know, is that the long term answer? They could do worse, but they might be able to do better. And so, again, with the tendencies and the track record of Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvine, I, I do think that they're going to beat the bushes a little bit and see what's out there at what price ahead of the trade deadline. But, uh, yeah, for the short term, at the very least right now, Pia Suter's uh, holding up his end of the bargain on a, a very good line. And it is a little bit of a surprise to me, but uh, you know, good on him. He's just kind of puts his head down, goes about his business, and he's been pretty effective for the Vancouver Canucks. Go get Frank Vitrano, is what I say. But we'll see. We'll see. Yep. Um, just before we let you go, J-Pat, uh, R.C. Baines yesterday, AHL All-Star MVP. We saw a lot of discourse on Twitter of, oh, they got to give this guy a yeah. shot. They got to call him up. What's your take on R.C. Baines? And I guess as it relates to the conversation of, oh, do they got to call this guy up? Well, he was fresh and ready because he missed the skills competition on Sunday. So uh, he stepped right in. And, uh, awesome. Like, again, just what a week of All-Stars for the organization, top to bottom. Like, it's an incredible story. And so... Uh, you know, he remains uh, very much on the radar, I think, to get a call up. But I, I, you're right, Dave. I saw an awful lot of like, get him on the first flight to Raleigh <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Look, they're playing the Carolina Hurricanes and then they're playing the Boston Bruins and then they go back to back on the weekend, Detroit and Washington. You're not going to get a rookie to dip his toe in the <laughs> NHL water against the best teams in the league on the road to play eight minutes. Like, it's just not going to happen. So I look at that nine game homestand in March. I would think that. You know, the organization's on the record is talking about wanting to get some guys in. I'm I'm ready for them to try somebody else other than Linus Carlson, but I, I think they know what they've got in Carlson. And that's the other thing. Like, Linus Carlson, when he gets called up, can't get into the lineup. And he's got more pro experience, a bunch more pro experience than than R.C. Bain. So, you know, we saw it with Hoaglander last year. You're seeing it with Pud Colson this year. This organization is in no rush to get these guys to the National Hockey League. The league's going to be around for a while. And I do think he'll get his chance, but I just think it's foolish to bang this drum that, oh, because he was the AHL All-Star in a three-on-three skills competition, that somehow you're going to plug him in against the Boston Bruins on Thursday and expect the world (laughs) from this guy. Like, I'm a big believer in setting guys up for success. So get him at home where you can spot him, you can find soft spots uh, in other lineups, you can shelter him, all those types of things. But the idea of just bringing him up to play a handful of minutes just uh, it doesn't make much sense to me. Plus, Abbotsford's short on bodies. So, um, and the Canucks don't have a roster spot. That's the other thing too. Like, it, uh, you know, I don't know if they're at their maximum. And Phil DiGiuseppe's out on this road trip, and they would have to. Carson Susi is not on IR yet, 
but that's paperwork. And if they do activate uh, Phil DiGiuseppe, I think that's what they would do to make a roster spot for Phil DiGiuseppe. But Phil DiGiuseppe, again, has a track record well beyond Archdeep Baines at the NHL level. So uh, good on Archdeep. That's a great story. Uh, the local angle and all that kind of stuff. But uh, just be patient and keep doing what you're doing. Uh, it's going to happen for him. But I, I think probably more likely in March than here in February. Jeff, great stuff as always. Thanks so much for joining us. People can find you on Rinkwide after the game. Who's your co-host tonight? I always yeah, ask. I got Irfan Gaffar and looking forward to it. As I said, right off the top, like these are big time games. We're going to find out a lot about the Canucks and can they pick up where they left off before the break and they're going to be pushed, but uh, they'll be able to push Carolina too. So it uh, should be some fun. Looking forward to it. And hopefully people will check out Rinkwide Vancouver uh, when it's posted later on tonight. Thanks, Jeff. Yep. And that was Jeff Patterson. Like he said, check him out on Rinkwide Vancouver. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Time for our Light the Lamp contest, and man, it has been a long time since we've done one of these. Vancouver is playing Carolina tonight, and we want to know who's going to score the first goal for Vancouver. If you nail it, you could win a $25 gift card to the Four Winds Tap Room located at 72nd and River Road in Delta. Enter by following us on social media, keep an eye out for today's show clip, and comment who you think will light the lamp and score the first goal tonight. Winners will be contacted directly. Check us out at Canucks Army, at Canucks Convo on Twitter, at CanucksArmy.com on Instagram, and Canucks Army on Facebook. And make sure you ask about Four Winds Light, Light Lager at your local liquor store or have some delivered right to your front door through the online shop at fourwindsbrewing.ca. Okay, it's a sponsor-heavy show, folks, and we got a new sponsor as well. And Harmon and I are actually really excited. We're excited for all of our sponsors, of course. But this is a segment that we cooked up and it's presented by our friends, our new friends, at Mr. Lube. Uh, okay, this segment is called The Tune-Up. And it's basically a Harmon Dial monologue is how we've designed it. Is I'm going to do the do the read as I normally do. And then Harmon is going to give us a tune-up. And Harmon, how would you describe the uh, the segment? Because I, I wrote it, I described it in the show description as you looking at a player or a, a topic on the team that needs a tune-up. How would you describe the segment? It's a good question. It might just even be more like looking under the hood at, at one particular aspect of a player or the team's play that is intriguing to me. All right. I love it. I love it. And you are going to be looking under the hood because this is the tune-up brought to you by Mr. Lube. Take it away, Harm. Yeah, so there's, of course, been a lot of talk about 
Ilya Mikheyev right now, he no longer has Andre Kuzmenko taking all the bullets from fans as far as ineffective top nine forwards go. We spoke about him a little bit yesterday as well, the how his skating doesn't look as dynamic. And so I went and looked at NHL edge tracking data because now we have the objective numbers to be able to look into, is this true or not? And so you look at the 2021-22 season, his last season with the Leafs, before he signed with the Canucks, McKayev ranked in the 95th percentile of all NHL forwards for speed bursts above 20 miles per hour. So he was in the top 5%, essentially, of all NHL forwards, clearly one of the fastest skaters. This year, however, he ranks only in the 63rd percentile, meaning he's only been slightly above league average for speed bursts above 20 miles per hour. And what's even more interesting is last season, he was in the 69th percentile. So he was actually slightly faster last season playing with a partially torn ACL than he is right now. And I just thought that was um, interesting. I think we've all seen it with the eye, but to have the objective data to back up what we're, what we're seeing and why he's been less effective it stems and really comes down to um, the lack of explosiveness in his skating right now. I love it. And talk had spoken about him needing to get in on the four check and play a little more like Niels Huglander. And who thought talk would be saying that about any player, please play more like Niels Huglander. But here we are. Of course, that was the tune up brought to you by Mr. Lube, the pioneer of the no appointment warranty approved oil change. Now providing appointment free tire service and sales. Find them at one of their 16 locations across the lower mainland. To find your nearest location, visit them online at MrLube.com. I think that went really well. I got one more ad and then it's time for anyone else. And Harm, you're doing the anyone else uh, read today. So I'll let you prepare that. Uh, But I got to tell you about another sponsor of ours. And it is HSBC. World Rugby Sevens, Western Canada's largest sporting event. This year is the ninth time the event has visited Vancouver as part of the World Rugby Sevens series. Tickets are on sale now at vansevens.com starting from just $40 per day, February 23rd to 25th. If you want to go, we've got a four pack of tickets for the entire weekend to give away. Text hashtag sevens, that's S-E-V-E-N-S to 778-402-9680 for your chance to win. We will be giving away a four pack each week until the event. Text hashtag sevens to 778-402-9680 to enter. All right, Harm, take it away. Okay, folks, it's time for anyone else presented by DoorDash. It's our listener's chance to get involved and hit us up in the YouTube live chat. And it's also our listener's chance to get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25. Offer valid in Canada, subject to change terms apply folks don't worry about cooking dinner or running to the store tonight let it all come to you with doordash awesome job harm and we knew you'd crush it we knew you would crush it did you though i'm not great at ad reads (laughs) all it is is reading with different inflection in your voice it's not hard you got it you did you crushed it you crushed it all right uh get your anyone else's in folks i've got a couple because it doesn't look like we have any in the chat so i've prepared some uh instead of me awkwardly scrolling through the chat i've prepared some uh, this one was one I wanted you to break down, Harmon. Look, we might as well have done the tune-up 2.0 here uh, because this is something that was making the rounds on Twitter. And can we get this upgrade? It's the Rush Chances tweet from uh, NHL Network's uh, Mike Kelly. 
was tweeting this out. And this was really interesting. So for those on the podcast, basically, it is showing offense off the rush. It's showing goals and it's showing chances. The Canucks are tied with the Dallas Stars for first in goals off the rush this season. Okay, the Golden Knights are third. The Flyers are fourth. The Blues are fifth. So those are the five teams that you need to know. Now with chances, the Canucks rank 32nd in the league in chances. They are the worst. I shouldn't even say the worst. They create the fewest rush chances. They get the fewest rush chances. They are still scoring the most goals of any team off the rush, aside from the Dallas Stars, who, of course, they're tied with. But the Stars, those other teams... The Stars rank 8th in chances, the Golden Knights rank 6th, the Flyers rank 1st, and the Blues rank 4th. So when you look at this, you might say, okay, there's the PDO machine, there's the PDO argument, everything, we we know all of this, we understand all of this. Can you help contextualize it a bit further, Harmon? Yeah, so let's start with the chances component. Their lack of rush chances is sort of by design. I I think when Rick Tockett took over, it's not as if they purposely said, we don't want to create offense off the rush, but it was more a mentality shift of we're not going to make controlled entries and try and make passing plays off the rush unless we're 100% certain that it's a high percentage play. That was to cut down on a lot of the offensive entry turnovers that we saw from the likes of JT Miller, for example, where you're carrying the puck through the neutral zone and instead of dumping it in and going to chase it, you're trying to thread the needle on an east-west pass, and and really it's been no more east-west, let's go north-south. Now, when you cut down on those uh, rush turnovers, when you elect to dump the puck in once you gain the red line more often than not, that means that you're also defensively not going to give up a lot off the rush because most rush chances that the Canucks surrendered under Bruce Boudreaux started with some type of turnover or giveaway in the neutral zone. So I think the Canucks are okay playing a low event style in terms of rush chances both ways, which also shows up in their defensive numbers where the Canucks are one of the NHL top teams in defending rush chances against. So when I see 32nd in the NHL for rush chances for, I mean, is it great? No. Would I like to see it a bit higher? Yeah. But it's not something that I'm worried about. Now, when it comes to number one in rush goals, of course, if you're committing to a style where you're not going to create a high volume of chances, it's going to slow down. It's going to, it's going to come back down to earth at some point. The top six, of course, has finishing talent. When you look at Pedersen, Miller, Besser, players that are going to convert on a higher ratio of their chances. So I do expect them to be the type of team that, you know, that they're, I think they have the shooting talent to always be, always score more goals than they have chances so if they rank i don't know uh 20 end up next season ranking 20th in in chances they up that number i'm still expecting their goal output to be higher than where they rank in in chance um output but with it coming back down to earth i do think that they're going to need to start getting comfortable sort of winning tighter lower lower scoring hockey games and sorry before I, i jump to that the bottom six is almost where I'm expecting more of the regression when it comes to rush hmm. scoring, because it's one thing if Pedersen, Besser, and Miller are converting all these chances. You're having guys like Nils Hoaglander, Sam Lafferty, and Dakota Joshua that are shooting way above their career average. I think the bottom six is where that goal output is going to start to taper off down the stretch, and, and that's where you're going to need to get comfortable 
again, winning some lower, lower scoring hockey games. Not every game can be a barn burner against the Leafs or, or against the Blue Jackets. And, and that's where, for instance, the the win that they had against Arizona in January, 2-1, I, I liked that victory, even though it wasn't the, a Mona Lisa performance, because it showed the Canucks were comfortable in a game where neither side was creating a lot of offensive looks. And the Canucks do have the structure in place. They have the upgraded blue line now. They have the goaltending to be able to, if neither team has time and space, neither team's creating a whole lot to be successful in that style. So um, that's my, those are some of my takeaways when I see this data. I love it. I love that you can kind of look at it and give us that context because when you look on Twitter, right? Like when you look on Twitter, the thing you're seeing is, oh, the PDO is going to hit in game one of the playoffs. That, that It's coming down. It's coming back down to earth. And I like, I like being able to provide that uh, context here. This is great. Uh, people are asking if we were bored over the last nine days. Yes, very much so. I I, I have been missing Canucks hockey, man. Like, I, hey, you and I used to joke on our first road trip in Edmonton. For the past couple of years, you and I have been the only media members out there in Edmonton. We always just joke that, man, you can't have another season where they're... We just want meaningful games in November. Like, that's what you and I say every year, is meaningful games in November. And this year, we're getting meaningful games. It, it, it's odd because these games mean something. But it's almost like now we've made this jump where these games matter, but you know they're making the playoffs. So now the playoff games are what really matters. And we never we never would have thought that because when you looked at the meaningful games in March stuff that used to be thrown around by the last regime a lot, it was like, we want to be in the dance. Like we want to be near the playoff bar by March. And usually they were way out of it and then they'd climb back screw their draft lottery position but it was never anything like we're actually going to knock on the door now it's like we don't even get those meaningful games in march because they're already there they're already in the playoffs of course they're still meaningful but it's weird you've made that jump it feels like i had a dentist appointment this morning and my dentist she knows i I, i'm a canucks reporter but so i've been but i've been going there since i was like 13 14 in high school had braces type thing so when you first started being a Canucks reporter? <laughs> well, no, I, I wasn't at that point. But uh, I, I've i never been asked by her about how the Canucks are doing until until now when she was like, oh, the, the Canucks are so good this year. I'm hopping on the bandwagon and there's another uh, there's another lady in the office that's jumping on the bandwagon. And I'm like, oh, my God, when my dentist is talking about the Canucks. This team has captured the city's attention because, again, in like 10 years of going to um, my dentist, I've never been asked about how the Canucks are performing as a team and just, oh, oh, I'm watching how they're doing these days. I love it. I love it. Uh, Logan Van Dyke and I made a little bet. It's not so much a bet, but people have been asking for a while if I'll be bringing back the mullet at any point. I said it in the chat and I'll stand by it. If the Vancouver Canucks win the cup this year, I will grow the mullet back. I promise. I will grow it back. If they win the cup, I will grow the mullet back. And not just any mullet. You look at Ryan Pinder's mullet, our friend over at Flames Nation. His mullet, he's got like the shaved sides and like all like, oh, it's crazy. It's like, it's actually like business in the front party in the back. I used to have kind of like a part and it was a little different, but no, I'll, I'll go all out. I'll go all out on the mullet if the Canucks win the cup. You heard it here first, folks. Um, okay, let's see here. This one from 7th Street Dream. I'll throw it at you, Harm. If the Canucks are looking at adding a few more depth pieces, how do they add with their current cap situation? Even adding a bottom six guy seems hard. 
do you pay to or, or then he said paying to dump Mikheyev isn't ideal because obviously that's one route that they could go yeah, I don't think they're going to look at dumping a piece like Mikheyev to accomplish that. Uh, you, th- think about how Dan Milstein would feel. <laughs> you go through all that hoopla to, um, to trade Kuzmenko, and it's like, yeah, nah, now we want out on all your clients. Um, no, I mean, look, Zadorov would be an option. Myers would be an option. I still think that's probably a long shot. The thing to keep in mind is there are still ways to be creative with the cap, especially if if they're depth pieces. They're presumably not going to have high cap hits. So if the other team retains some retains fifty percent on, let's say, a contract that's one point three million, well, well, that's not going to be hard to fit on the books. All, all you're going to need to do is um, make a corresponding roster move to send somebody else down. So when it comes to adding depth pieces, I'm not worried about the cap the only situation where you'd have to potentially move notable players out and, and go through these gymnastics and you're talking about, Oh, what, what, um, what might we, what might we have to do with a player like Zadorov is if you're chasing a big piece like a Chris Tanev. And even in that scenario, there have been situations like when Tampa, I believe it was acquired David Savard, um, in 2021 from Columbus. So they had Columbus retain 50% of, um, yeah. of Savard's cap it. And then they also had Detroit as a third party broker retain a further 50%. So by the time Savard got to Tampa, his cap, it was only, was just above a million dollars. So there are ways to be creative. I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't think the cap will be too prohibitive in terms of them being able to add depth pieces. This one from Shiv. The Canucks should let Lindholm walk and sign Reinhardt instead. I wanted to talk about this a little bit. Not so much Reinhardt. I, I, I like it. I like I like the free agent. I like you throwing out your acquisitions that you want. Um, but I wanted to touch on this in the sense of, I've seen this a lot since the trade was made, and we didn't really talk about it yesterday. This idea that, oh, if the Canucks don't re-sign Lindholm, then that was an overpay at the deadline. And I just, first of all, I don't agree but second, I just think when you look at what Lindholm's going to bring to this team, you want to see it for yourself. Like, why lock yourself in long term? I know I brought this up a bit on the emergency episode, but I just, I, I don't understand that people are out there thinking, okay, if they don't re-sign him, then it's a failure. Why? Like, we all kind of know that he's going to get overpaid in his next deal. Like, it's the same like with Zadorov. We knew Zadorov was going to be asking for a lot in the offseason, so you give up a third and fifth to get him. It's not an overpay or a failure if you don't re-sign him. Like, Tyler Toffoli was totally different because you traded for him and then you let him walk for no reason. And it was like, no, you should have kept Toffoli. He played well for you. And then he walked inside for not very much in Montreal, which is obviously a situation you want to avoid. But with Lindholm, wait, just wait and see what you have. And then, yeah, you have that flexibility to go out and sign a guy like Reinhardt in the offseason. I just don't think there's any need to, to rush and start talking, oh, if this doesn't happen, then this is a failure. I don't, I don't think that's fair. There were reports earlier in the season that Lindholm from Calgary wanted a $9 million cap it on, on a long-term extension. So I don't think Lindholm's next contract is going to age gracefully at all. He's going to be, he's going to turn 30 by December and he hasn't shown the ability to drive offense by himself the way somebody like JT Miller has. So with that in mind, first of all, I don't, I don't even know if that contract makes sense, even if the Canucks could afford it. And then there's the second part of the equation, which is 
yeah, the Canucks could aff- could technically afford to make a, a big splash, um, pay somebody in the eight million eight million dollar range, but you'd be compromising your team's depth given how much Pedersen's going to cost, given how much Heronik's going to cost. You look at the third line, for example. That's been such a big difference maker for this team. It's the advantage that the Canucks have over some other. Uh, capped out teams, a team like Toronto, for example, that just doesn't have that type of depth in their bottom six. Well, Teddy Bluger's a pending UFA. Dakota Joshua's a pending UFA. And if you're looking at potentially re-signing a player like Lindholm or, or as a commenter suggests, going after Reinhardt, who's having a huge year and is going to command a massive payday, you're going to have to probably look at at least trading a piece like Connor Garland away. Uh, which does it make sense to gut your bottom six depth, which has been such a difference maker for you to add another piece at the top of your lineup? Do you become too top heavy of a team? That would be my concern. I love it. Uh, Travis Wall asking when the tickets are on sale for the greater watch party today, they go on sale today. They're already there. If you go to nationgear.ca, you should find them under the Canucks army tab. You'll see them right there. $10. Uh, you can go buy them at Nation Gear. Dot CA. This one from Pim Pan Strong. My main focus tonight will be on deciding which one of Shea or Pesci the Canucks should sign this offseason. And hey, when we have these conversations about free agents and stuff, the Canucks have a lot of flexibility heading into this offseason because they're now out of the Andre Kuzmenko contract, you know, because they're going to have to make a decision on Tyler Myers. Like, there's money coming off the books, and obviously they're going to have to re sign Elias Pettersson. And of course, they also need to re sign Philip Peronic. But, you know, if it gets to a point, I'm not saying that it's there or it's going to get to a point, but we've heard big numbers thrown out for Philip Peronic. And look, I think that's a little bit alarming when we just haven't seen him hold down a pair by himself to this point. Uh, even in the limited opportunities he's had, he just hasn't been able to do it. So uh, look, there's other options out there. So I like that comment from Pim Panstrong. Um, Logan Van Dyke is trying to add to our bet that if the Canucks win a cup, I will grow the mullet but I'm not allowed to cut the mullet until they win their second cup. And I'm not, I'm not agreeing to that. I'm not, I'm not agreeing to that. There's no okay, way. Okay. There's got to be a bet where you'll do something at a bar below them winning the cup, because come on, that's what will you do if they make the, the, the it should, it should be like escalating tiers of like, okay, if they make the conference final, you'll do this. If they make the cup final, you'll do this. And then if they win the cup, you'll do that. Uh, I don't know. Different lengths of hair. No, I'm not. I, I don't know. I like, like if the they make the I'll conference do... final, you'll never talk about baseball again on this show. No, can't, can't, can't promise that. Especially if you think about it, they win the conference final, right? That will be in the heart of baseball season. I'll, I'll be itching to be talking about baseball. Yeah. I'm sure our listeners will love hearing about Shohei Otani when they're <laughs> in the conference final conference final but how does this affect julio rodriguez and the seattle Mariners? okay um oh also i wanted to get this in this is when anyone else for me let's pull this photo up here grady uh rc baines wins ahl mvp last night uh he scored the game-winning goal i hate to say it on clay stevenson who was there representing the hershey bears former coquitlam express goaltender who i've talked about a lot on this show more than any show in the vancouver market i'm sure i'm sure we've talked about clay stevenson more than anybody uh, for Canuck shows. So RST Baines takes home the 2024 AHL All-Star MVP award. Nice showing for him last night. Really nice showing for him last night in the three-on-three format. Uh, that article's up now at CanucksArmy.com if you want to read more about Arsh's performance. But like I said to J-Pat, we saw a lot of people throwing out the, oh, they got to get this guy up. They got to call him up. He's got to be up here right now. 
I, I don't agree at all. Um, I think this is a nice backup plan. I think it, it might be it might be good to get him on get him a look in March, like Jeff suggested. But you're trying to win games here. You're trying to win games down the final stretch, and I I just don't know if Arshdeep Baines is better than any option that you have right now that's in the lineup. Like, yeah, do I think he's probably better than Linus Carlson? Yeah, probably. But is Linus Carlson even playing in the lineup? No, he's not. I just think Arshdeep Baines should be in that conversation if they need a forward, but. Like if they're completely healthy and right now they're just missing Phil Giuseppe and I don't think there's a spot in the lineup for Baines. Uh, there's no harm in letting him stay down in Abbotsford. And I think that's kind of the take that Canucks management has thrown out this year as well. Yeah. I also think about it from this perspective, given the stakes of the season, you're contending to finish first, not only in your division, but in your conference to get a more favorable first round matchup. I mean, put it this way, NHL coaches will always take the known quantity over the the unknown um the unknown player even if the unknown player has a higher ceiling and and so the way i think about it is i i would bet you that rick tockett would rather insert phil di giuseppe into the lineup at some point down the stretch um over somebody like an Archie Baines even though i'm sure there are a lot of fans that would rather see Baines over di giuseppe just because tockett knows with Di Giuseppe, at least he's not going to hurt me defensively. At least I know exactly who he is at the NHL level. I know his limitations. I I know that he's not going to make mistakes. I know that he's not going to burn me. Whereas with Baines, it's, yeah, there's upside there, but you're throwing a guy in there that's never played in the NHL. You have zero idea of what to expect. And when there are real stakes on the line, that's a decision that, not just talk it, but most NHL head coaches um, would prefer to go with the proven vet over, um, over the un- uh, unproven rookie. Yep. Absolutely. People are pointing out that our walls are bare Harmon. People are bullying us in the YouTube live chat and I don't like it. We're working on it, folks. We're working on it. We're going to have some stuff coming soon. Uh, we're going to have some stuff coming soon. And Nuckhead, you would think that's all I'm going to say to Nuckhead's comment in the YouTube live chat. You would think you would think, but anyways, um, People are just throwing out different haircuts that I should get. Someone said I have to get dreadlocks if they win the Western Conference Final. Someone said I have to get a low taper fade, all this stuff. Like, I'm look, folks, until they win the cup, the hair's staying how it is. I'm not changing up my hairstyle. And this conversation I've had with people recently is, you know, I think it was Batch or PJ, one of them, pointed out that I've had four different hairstyles in the past three years. And it's absolutely true. I changed my hair quite a bit. And I like this haircut. Like, I'm sticking with this one for at least a year, but I do change it up a lot, but I, I'm sticking with this one unless they win the cup. How often do you shave? Uh, geez. Like I was actually joking with someone last night about this. Uh, I shave like now, unfortunately, like I used to like when we started doing this show harm, which was like October, probably it was like once a week, maybe I'd have to shave. Dude, I don't know what happened. Now it's like every one or two days. It's crazy. Okay, sick. All right, here's what we're going to do. Finally hit puberty. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, Quads, I hit that stage when I was, I think, like thir- 14, 14 or 15. <laughs> I hit that stage, first of all. Second, I, I think you should, from this point on, until they're eliminated, not shave again. Oh, I would get in big trouble with the misses for that one i'm i no no it, it looks bad and i i think i'm i think we knew each other when i tried to grow a mustache no, arm it was i've never it was seen not it nice. 
I will send you. You know what? Okay, if they win the Western Conference Finals, I'll uh, Western Conference Final. I'll 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 post a photo of with the mustache on Twitter, but I'll send it to you, Harm. I'll show it to you. Okay. Um, but get yeah, the Mike Gillis was, uh, solidarity beard going when he yeah, was about to be I fired. Mean, I was joking that if I want to get a playoff beard, I literally need to start now because I, I don't grow anything here. Like nothing grows here, but a lot grows right there, and like that's like what I mean. Like look, look at this. I shaved like two days ago, and now it's back. It's crazy. We'll get one of those like micro bladed tattoos, but it's just a beard, like how. Ladies do it for their eyebrows, but it'll just be facial hair for you. Logan Van Dyke says, I'm 33 and still can't grow a beer beard. Don't worry, Quaz. But like my brother has a beard. My dad, my dad literally like shaves in the morning and my dad needs to shave again at 5 p.m. Because it's like he grows hair so fast and he had a big, big beard. But uh yeah, I didn't uh I, I didn't have that yet. But also my brother, this is maybe where I'm headed, guys. My brother started being able to grow facial hair here around my age like i'm about to turn 24 that's when he started being able to grow it so now i'm scared i don't want a scraggly beard i, I and no offense to my brother i think get his beard the, looks good now but he went through a rough patch get this kid some beard oil harm <laughs> what's the oil for there's nothing there on his face <laughs> it'd be like your moisturizing product when you come in studio <laughs> oh geez all right uh i think we'll close out there do we have anything else that we wanted to get to yeah, no, let's just get to Betway um, and close it out. Get the Betway bet of the day, Grady. Uh, up. It's great. It's a great bet today, Harm. It's an easy one. Easy money. On the money line, the Canucks are underdogs heading into Carolina, which means a $10 bet at plus 125 odds will return you $22.50 over on Betway. Canucks are taking this one, folks. Must be 19 plus play. If you choose to play, please play responsibly. I'm saying Lindholm scores the first goal for them. Going back to our uh, light the lamp contest, I'm saying Lindholm scores the first goal tonight. I was thinking Pedersen just because he's going to be rejuvenated from um, some time off, even though he was at the All-Star break. He was on fire for most of January, and now he gets a brand-new line mate. Exciting stuff. Credit to you, Quads. You had the Isles beating the Leafs yesterday as your bet, way, bet of the day, and that hit. Never been... Never been a bigger lock. Like, never been a bigger <laughs> lock. The Leafs are frauds. I've been saying it for months. Never been a bigger lock. Like, I didn't doubt that for a been second. It for well, years. I'm only, <laughs> only allowed to do $10 bets on this show, but might have thrown out the old yeah. Chris Faber. Throw $500 on this. <laughs> oh, you've been doing well with some of these, uh, you know, juicier odd bets that you've been throwing out of late. So, yeah, all vibes. Guys on a heater. All vibes. Yeah, all vibes. All vibes. I'm a good vibes guy. The ultimate Leafs versus Isles parlay is to tab John Tavares to get yeah, a, point a point and for them to still lose. Yeah, I, I hit that earlier this year. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a lock. That's a lock too, Harm. That's a lock. All right, we'll close it out there. Uh, for our technical producer, Grady Sass, and our intern, I didn't even shout out our intern, my mistake, Madison Buckingham. And Harmon Dial, my name is Dave Pudrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Canucks Conversation with Harmon and Quads brought to you by the Toyota BZ4X. The BZ4X's fresh look is just an added bonus to its range since you can drive up to 406 kilometers on a single charge. That's enough to get you from Kitsilano to Whistler or Kamloops to Kelowna and back and still be home in time for the game. Now that's what we'd call 
electric. The best part, by choosing electric, you can get up to $11,000 in rebates and incentives. The BZ4X are in stock and selling quickly. So make sure to visit shoptoyota.ca or your local Pacific Toyota dealer to get your hands on one. Canucks Conversation is live Monday through Friday, every weekday at 2 p.m. over on the Canucks Army YouTube channel. Make sure you like, subscribe, and interact in the YouTube live chat every day with us, folks. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops, if we're stopping to get gas. You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.